Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're going to talk about prayer today, folks. We're, we're progressing along in the Gospel of Luke. And Luke is at this time, at this pausing for a moment to have Jesus answer a question from his disciples. Now, I, it's almost natural that this question is going to come up because when you and I read through the Gospels, it's very evident from this point up through the first 11 chapters that Jesus prays. That when he, when he prays, God answers him. And so you can't help but notice that there's something different about Jesus and his prayer life. And so obviously the disciples who are around him notice that there's something different. And guess what? It's only natural that somebody's going to ask a question. Somebody's going to ask a question concerning, Jesus, teach us to pray. What does it mean to pray, Jesus? You know, that's a real question for us today. I, I would dare say, listen to me, that the greatest struggle for you in your Christian life is not doing all the stuff. The greatest struggle for you and I in our Christian life is having meaningful prayer. I'm not talking about just praying because anybody can pray. I mean, you can pray without even thinking. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever ever sat down and just prayed without even thinking? I mean, words come out, but you don't even remember what you prayed. But what I'm talking about is meaningful prayer is where you are engaged with God in a conversation. And I would dare say that that probably is the most difficult thing for us. So we can kind of resonate with this this disciple who's going to Jesus, who's been with Jesus, who's witnessed Jesus, who sees that Jesus has got some kind of special prayer life, and he's asking a question. So let's notice, we're just going to look at the first four verses. Actually, we're going to talk about prayer today and for the next two weeks. Because what follows after these first four verses is a couple of more sections where Jesus is going to teach us about prayer. So we're just going to take this first section, verses 1 through 4, and notice what Jesus says. So notice with me verse 1, chapter 11. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's known as the Lord's Prayer. I I need to remind you that there are actually two Lord's Prayers in the Gospels. There's this one here in in the Gospel of Luke. And then there is another one in the Gospel of Matthew. They differ. They're similar structure, but their words are a little bit different as in the one that's in Matthew. So we're going to look at this today. And we're basically going to divide this section into two parts. We're going to look, first of all, at the struggle... I've already told you that praying is a struggle. And then we're going to look at Jesus' model prayer. What does he say about how you and I should be praying? And hopefully today, through what he is saying here, you and I, that's including myself, 
can learn something from what Jesus is saying about our prayer lives. So I want you to notice, first of all, the struggle. I've already said it. Here's the first point I want you to see. Meaningful prayer is difficult. Meaningful prayer is difficult. If we're going to talk about prayer, first thing I need to make mention of to you is that you and I understand what prayer is. First of all, let me tell you what prayer is not. Prayer is not a religious exercise. It is not a ritual. Usually when we think of prayer, we think of some kind of religious exercise, some sort of function that you and I need to perform in order to be a good Christian. And so because of the word prayer, we think in terms of a religious exercise. In fact, a lot of times, this very passage results in a religious exercise because a lot of times folks will get together where they will repeat the Lord's Prayer. How many of you have been in a church where they have repeated the Lord's Prayer? And they repeat it quite often, quite regularly. In fact, you can repeat it quite often and quite regularly and totally not even know what you're saying. That's a ritual, folks. So that's what I'm trying to say to you. I'm telling you what prayer is not. Prayer is not a ritual. So you say, okay, George, what is prayer? Well, here, if you want to write this down, here's what prayer is. Simple definition. Talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. That's what it means to pray. When you are praying, you are literally talking with the creator of the universe. You are having a conversation with him. You are one-on-one with him, discussing with him the things that are on your heart and on your mind. In fact, that's what meaningful prayer is. Meaningful prayer is engaging the God of the universe on a level in which you can be real with him. You may want to write that one down. Meaningful prayer is engaging the God of the universe in such a way that you can be real with him. You say, I can be real with him? Because a lot of times when we think of prayer, we think in terms of words we have to say, the manner in which we say it. And we think in terms of using words that nobody else even knows what their meaning is. You don't even know what their meanings are. You just know you've got to say them in prayer. But that's not what prayer is. That's a ritual. Let's get back. That's what not prayer is not. Prayer is being real. How do I know I can be real? Just read through the Psalms. The Psalms are prayers. The Psalms are real. God, where are you? My enemies are coming after me, God. God, they're, they're ready to kill me. God, God, where are you? Why are you letting this happen to me? That's the Psalms, folks. That's pretty real, isn't it? You mean I can be that way with God? That's meaningful prayer. Now, here's the problem, though. When we talk about being that real with God and that meaningful with Him, here's the thing. It's difficult. See, ritual is easy. Ritual does not engage the mind and heart. But if I'm going to be meaningful, where I'm engaging the God of the universe and I'm real with Him, that is difficult. That's hard. In fact, let me help you understand what I'm talking about. Now, how many of you know this? If you've been married for a while, when you first got married, well, you could just talk each other's ear off. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're just you're just sharing sharing your stuff, and he's sharing, and you guys are interested in what each other are saying because you're in love. You know what I'm talking about? Then after about, you're given a few years, three years, usually that's when the honeymoon's over. She's talking to you and you're like, how long is this going to last? Or he's talking to you and it's like, I know what he needs to do, he just won't listen to me. 
it moves from, quote, the meaningful to something else, doesn't it? And it becomes, and this is why, listen to me, divorce, three big reasons, one of the big reasons why divorce happens, the first one is communication problems. See, we can resonate, listen to me, we can resonate that meaningful conversation with people is what, folks? Difficult. And see, here's the thing. With a person, I can touch them. This is my wife. I can touch her. I can touch her. I see her. I see the expressions and the body language. Oh, I better be quiet. You know, that's not what she's telling me right now. But when we talk about with God, you can't see him. So having a meaningful conversation with him, it's already hard enough to have a conversation with a physical being. It's difficult to have a meaningful conversation with someone you can't see. You understand? This is the struggle. Do you? Am, am I the only one who struggles with this? Am I? How many of you? Yeah, you understand. Prayer is a struggle. Here's the other thing. Prayer is a discipline. Prayer is a discipline. Prayer is just. If you want to write down another word for discipline, there. Prayer is work. You've got to work at it. Guys, you know what you know what I'm talking about because you you just spent the day at work. People are screaming at you. Somebody's upset and it had nothing to do with you. I mean, and the day just didn't go right. And you coming home and you think, man, I could just sink into this couch or your chair or your lazy boy or whatever it is and just veg. And your spouse sees you and says, "Good. I want to tell you what my day's been like." And if you are really concerned about your relationship, you'll work at it. It's a discipline, isn't it? It's work. It's work to talk to God, especially because you can't see Him. Which brings me to the third part of the struggle. We don't know how to pray. Isn't this what Jesus' disciple was saying to him? Lord, teach us to pray. In fact, the Bible will tell you, in fact, it tells you later on in the epistles, it will say to you that we don't know how to pray and that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, intercedes for us. Because we don't know how to pray. You know, when we talk about meaningful prayer, it really is a struggle to know how to talk to Him. And again, let me just relate it back to a human level. Guys, we don't like expressing our feelings, do we? And your, your, your wife said, something's bothering you. What's going on? Tell me. We don't even have the words to tell you. Let alone want to. Do you know what I'm saying? And so communication is difficult. It's a struggle. And the problem is we don't know how to do it. And especially that's true when it comes to God. So against this backdrop, Jesus comes and he says to them, Okay, you want to know how to pray? When you pray, pray this way. And what he gives here, some have taken as something that you need to verbatim say. Well, let's be honest. If I say this all the time, it's not going to be meaningful, is it? But really what Jesus is offering, and I think this is the reason why in Luke it's written one way and in Matthew it's written another way, is so that we see that he's giving us a pattern of prayer, a model for prayer. He's telling us the things that we need to pray about. And so folks, I think what we're going to see here is there are actually six different things that we need to pray about. And he's going to try to help you here to help you to understand how to have meaningful prayer with God. He's going to teach us how to pray. We're going to learn how to pray today from Jesus, King Jesus. So notice, here's what he says. First of all, in verse 2, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first thing is this. Recognize who God is. When you pray, if you're going to learn how to pray, if you're going to learn how to talk to Him, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to recognize who He is. And the very first thing is, and notice something here, He starts off and He says, Our Father in heaven. So the first thing He's going to do is, is He wants you to recognize, first of all, He's your Father. Notice He didn't say, Our God in heaven. Notice He didn't say, The great sovereign ruler of the world in heaven. He starts off with a term, Father, which is a term of endearment, a term of relationship. And so the first thing he wants you to do is he wants you to recognize that he is your heavenly Father. He is a someone who is endeared to you, someone that you can have a relationship with. So the first thing is recognize who he is. He's your Father. Now let me stop for a moment. I've got to stop. Because some of you here will say, oh, that's great, George. Because in your mind, when you think of dad, you think of your earthly dad. And he maybe wasn't a good dad. So it's a struggle for you to think of God as a father, because that's like bringing up nightmares. Or maybe you're here and you didn't have a dad. Yep, I hear what you're saying. So I'm going to ask you to go one step further. When you think of Heavenly Father, think of the dad you always wanted. Because that's who he is. So the first thing is, is when you pray, you recognize who he is. He is our Father. And notice where he is. In heaven. So he's out of here. He's somewhere completely different. He's our Heavenly Father. And then the Bible goes on and says something that's really odd because we struggle with it. I wish our modern translations would update it a little bit. They use the word, hallowed be thy name. And I think it's because of tradition we keep it there. You say, like, okay, what does that mean? Like, that's not even a part of our everyday language today. Here's what it means. To be separated from. To be holy. A better translation would be, Our Father in heaven, holy are you. Separate from us are you. So what you need to recognize is when you pray and when you talk to him, you're not just talking to Bubba. You know what a Bubba is, don't you? Bubba you can go hunting and fishing with. And have a good time with. That's a Bubba. But God's not a Bubba. The Heavenly Father's not a Bubba. He's, he's the God of the universe. He's holy. He's separate from us. And so when you pray and you're having a meaningful conversation with Him, you recognize, man, you are something other than me, Lord. You are so different than me. But yet you want to have a personal relationship with me. You're my Father. The first part of your prayer is you need to recognize who He is. Now let me tell you why this is so important. Because when you recognize who He is, that puts everything else that you're about to pray about into perspective. You know what I mean? It puts everything else that you're about to pray with into perspective. The second part of it here, notice what it says, verse 2. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The second part of your prayer needs is that you need to submit to His will. You need to submit to what He wants. Now, that's difficult. This is why prayer is hard. Because when we pray, oftentimes when we pray, we've got our own agendas. God, I need you to do this, and I need you to do this yesterday. God, here's the things I want you to do. I've already got the ten steps written out, Lord. Take the, Do these ten steps. Now, if they don't work out, I've got a couple of backup plans. But, Lord, I want you to do this. We want God to do our will. But He's saying, look, if you're going to pray... 
you recognize who he is and you come to a place where you say, okay, Lord, you're the creator, you're the awesome God, you're separate from me, you're holy. It's not what I want. It's what you want. Now let me stop, because immediately when you think that, well, you mean I can't tell him what my problems are? You mean I can't say to him that I'm not happy with this situation? No, no, remember what Jesus prayed. He prayed the same type of prayer in the garden. Father, if this cup could pass from me, then let it. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. So he's struggling with the Father about what he's about to face in the crucifixion. And he's talking with him about it, but he comes around in his prayer and says, okay, God, this is what I want, but you know what? What really matters is what you want. So it's okay to struggle with him about what you want, but as you pray, come back around to what God wants for your life. That's what he's talking about here. Submit to his will. Here's the third part. Look with me. Verse 3. Give us day by day our daily bread. Here's the thing. Ask for your daily needs. In, in their culture, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was a very... It's not a wealthy agrarian culture. It was an agrarian culture. It's a farm-based culture. One of the staples of their diet, very it wasn't like us where we have a lot of stuff, where we're talking about having picnics and having all big spread and all this chicken and burgers and hot dogs. And, so that's not the way it was back then. See, you know what? In our culture, we live to eat. In their culture, they ate to live. So when Jesus talks about, give us this day our daily bread, it's like, Lord... Give me this day what I need to survive. So when you pray, Lord, give me what I need today for today for me. And for some of you it may not be bread. But for some of you it might be strength. For some of you it might be wisdom. For some of you it might be healing or emotional healing or or physical healing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your daily needs are what you need to get through that day today. Lord, give me what I need that day. See, it's okay to go to him and talk to him about the stuff, the junk that's happening in your life. And about, you know what, Lord, i got this bill i got to pay. God, I don't know where the money's coming from. God, I need you to help me. That's your daily need. But, you know, let's be honest. A lot of times with stuff that we pray about is our wants. Lord, it would be nice to have a new truck. The air conditioner on the old one broken. It's about time for a new one, Lord. Can you help me out? That's a want. Jesus is saying, when you pray, talk to him about what you need. What do you need? Ask him for your daily needs. He goes on, he goes one step further, and this is where, you know, have you ever noticed when you said, I'm going to start praying today, and you start, I'm going to pray for an hour, and you pray five minutes, and you prayed about everything you don't know what anymore to pray about. Well, Jesus is talking about some serious things here. He's talking about, number one, pray for your needs. He's going to go one step further. Look at what he says here. Seek forgiveness for your sins. Look with me at what he says. And forgive us our sins, verse 4. See, if I recognize who he is and I'm going to submit my will to him, I'm going to go to him and say to him, God, I want you to meet my daily needs, what they are, what I need to get through this day. The next thing I've got to do is I've got to go to him and say, Lord, you know what? I messed up. Sinned against you. And Lord, here's what I did. Now let me just stop for a moment. Can I explain to you what confession is? Confession is not this generic mumbo-jumbo stuff that we do. Because, can I be honest with you, God already knows what you did. But confession is going to God and saying to God, God, I did what you saw me do. And please forgive me for my attitude with the waitress. Forgive me for mouthing off to the clerk. Forgive me for how I treated my spouse. Forgive me for this habit or that habit. 
See, that's forgiveness. That's, that's seeking forgiveness. It's not, God, forgive me for my sin. What does that mean? That's sort of like if, if your kids have done wrong and they come to you and say, I'm sorry. And you say to them, about what? I don't know. I'm just supposed to say I'm sorry. How far is that going to go? See, God wants to hear from us. He wants you to be real. If you're going to have meaningful conversation, you've got to be real. And so you've got to go to him and you've got to say to him, Lord, forgive me. Now, here's the other part of it. Forgive others. Ooh. That's tough. See, meaningful conversation is going to God and being real with him. And part of being real with him is talking about the people who have hurt you. Can I I help you understand why you got to? Because it's all part of the process. I I want everybody to understand because there are some lies that are propagated in the church today about forgiveness. One of the biggest lies, here, write this down. Write down lie number one. Forgiveness is forgetting. How many of you heard that lie? If you forgive somebody, you're supposed to forget about it. How many of you heard that? It's a lie. Because have you noticed, even if you forgive them, you don't forget, and you still got those strong feelings, and it's still brewing within you, and there's still anger there, and, and folks, it's a daily process to forgive. And when you have meaningful conversation, as you seek God's forgiveness, Jesus is saying, you need to forgive those who've sinned against you. And folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, let me be real with you. I can think of one individual right now who did something to Lori and I 12 years ago. It's been 12 years. And just when I think I'm over it, I find myself angry again. And I have to go to him and say, Lord, you know, I, you know I've forgiven him. But right now I'm feeling those, those, those feelings again, that anger. God, help me to forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. Help me to deal with them. See, that's meaningful conversation with God, isn't it? That's being real, isn't it? And that's what he's saying to us. As you you seek forgiveness for the junk in your life, you forgive those who've hurt you. And let's be real. People have hurt us, haven't they? Let me help you. They're going to hurt you. Because that's life. That's life. And so part of our prayer has to be that whole aspect of forgiveness. Now, here's the other part. Here's the other part. The last part is seek God's protection. In your prayer life, seek God's protection. Here's what he says. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Number one, I'm going to be praying and saying, God, don't lead me into temptation. Let me stop for a moment. Temptation isn't sin. It's what you do with the temptation that results in sin. So the first thing I'm going to be praying is, God, as, as I'm living for you, as I'm submitting to your will, as I'm, as I'm seeking forgiveness from the junk in my life and I'm forgiving others for what they've done to me, God, don't even lead me to the place where I am tempted. Protect me. That's got to be a part of everyday lives. Folks, you can't survive out there without God helping you. So you've got to talk to Him about it. You've got to be real with Him about it. God... I'm, I'm, I'm tempted in these areas. God, help me. Here's the second part of his protection. Number, the second part is God protect me from the evil one. Because folks, let's be honest, he's real. He wants to destroy your life and your family. He wants to destroy this church. You've got to be praying, God, protect me from the evil one. So you're going to ask God to protect you from temptation, but you're also going to be asking God to protect you from the evil one. Notice, that's the prayer life he tells us to have. Focus on him. Submit to His will. Ask Him for my daily needs. Seek forgiveness. Forgive others. And ask Him to protect me. 
That's what he's saying about our prayer life. He says, if you want to pray, if you want to be meaningful, follow this pattern. Talk about these things with me. That's what he said. He said, okay, George, how do, we, how do we take all this? How do we apply it to our lives? Well, I've got three thoughts. Number one's a question. Do you find prayer a struggle? Do you find talking with God a struggle? The first place, if you're going to start learning how to pray, if you're going to start learning how to have a meaningful conversation with Him, I guess the first place that's got to happen in our life is being able to admit where we are. And if prayer's a struggle, then admit it. That's the first step. If you find it hard to talk to God, and listen, it it may be more than just what we talked about. It may be that you have a hard time talking with God because you're mad at Him. You wanted Him to do something before and He didn't do it. And so therefore, the thought of praying to Him, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. The first step is admitting it. Do you find prayer a struggle? If we want to have meaningful conversation with God, we've got to start right there. Lord, help me. I find talking with you a struggle. I'm wrestling with this. Here's the second thought. Start. Start. Start praying. And kind of coming up, don't don't make this kind of decision. Well, okay, I'm going to start. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to pray for an hour. Unless you had your shower and your coffee, you're going to fall asleep. It's only going to last five minutes because you're going to pray through everything. Well, I follow that pattern that George told me about. Fifty-five more minutes. What do I talk to him about? Don't start off with an hour. Here's what you start off with. Five minutes. Talk to him about your day that day. God, i got to go to work, and I know I'm going to face this at work today, and I'm not looking forward to it, Lord. I need you to help me. God, I'm not looking forward to this week. I've got these bills hanging over my head. Are you listening to me, Lord? Start. Start talking with Him. Start being real with Him. See, if you're struggling, the first thing you need to do is just simply start. And you know, it's always awkward at first because the awkwardness comes from our wondering, does He even... Is he listening to me? Does he care? Let me just go ahead and just kind of throw all that all out. out. And here's what you got to realize. Is that you can start with him and he's excited about you starting. Because he wants to talk to you. So start. And then finally, follow Jesus' example. Follow his example. You don't know how to pray? Fine. Follow his example. Recognize who he is. Recognize, oh man, you're my father. You're the God. You're the dad I never had. Or you're even greater than the dad I had. And I had a great dad. Whatever their thing is. And Lord, Lord, you're, you're awesome. You're, you're different than me. God, I, I know what I want, but Lord, what is it that you want? Your will be done. God, you know what I need today. You know I need strength. You know I need wisdom. God, you know I need, I need this. I need that. God, my daily needs today. Here's, here's what I'm facing. God, I need you to meet them. God, forgive me. You know my struggles. God, help me to forgive. You know my hurts. God, protect me. Follow his example. You know, if you're struggling, you just got to start and you got to follow his example. And before you know it, if you keep it up, you'll begin to have meaningful conversation. Now, now here, let me just go ahead and encourage you with this. Here's the wonderful thing about prayer. It's not a one-way conversation. Then it's like you want to talk to him. It starts off sounding like a one-way conversation, but it ends up being a two-way 
And sometimes it ends up being a one way with him just talking to you. But you got to start. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.